you're listening to Podiatry Marketing, conversations on building a successful podiatry practice with Tyson Franklin and Jim McDonald. Welcome back to Podiatry Marketing. I'm your host, Jim McDonald, joined as always by my trusty co-host, Tyson Franklin. Tyson, how's it going today? I'm fantastic today, Big Jim. And if depending on when people are listening to this, this episode should be released on the 1st of January. So happy new year to everyone if you're listening to this now on the first or in one of the days leading into the new year. So we're recording this just before the new year because you and I have a life. And we're not gonna, we're not gonna turn up here on New Year's <laughs> Day and record it and just put it straight out there. No, no, we have got a busy holiday season at my house and I'm sure you do as well. So we gotta get these out out the door so people have some some good reasons to get away from the family during the holidays, <laughs> listen for half an hour and uh, you know have a good excuse that they're you know working on their practice. So uh, no, I'm excited to to jump into today's topic, Tyson. So what are we gonna jump into today? Okay, today's topic is all about every podiatry practice needs to have what they call a style guide or it's like a, a corporate guideline. And it's pretty much a document that just sort of provides that you get it from your graphic designer or graphic artist, but I think they used to be called graphic artists, now they're graphic designers. And, uh, and it specifies all the details about your logo and your business name. So it's, it's a really, really important document to have. So we're not talking about fashion, right? So we're not going to no. be uh, not, not clothing or, or style, that no. kind of style, right? That's uh, a, that's we're a we're talking about the, the... That's a different style <laughs> guy that I have. <laughs> I mean, you look pretty good today. I mean, you got the button down, you're going, you're looking uh, the collared shirt, so looking good. But uh, so, you know, on this topic, um, it'll be a little serious, I guess. The the branding and the, the fonts and the logos, you know, where do you get started with something like that with the, with the graphic designer? Well, the, the main thing with the graphic designer is when they put the style guide together, it includes you know, what fonts are actually in your logo. And a lot of people don't realize that when, when it's actually put together, there are particular fonts that you use. And whatever fonts you're using, should be carried through with everything that you're doing, whether it's on your website, you're putting a brochure together, it should really blend and match uh, with your logo. Unless your logo is funny running, writing or something like that. But still, if that's what it is, you need to know what that font name is. And that will actually be in the style guide. The style guide also gives you, and this is really important, your color codes. So for example, the main color that I use in nearly everything that I do outside of podiatry marketing is a is a red color and if i just went to a, a printer or something and said oh, here's here's my red and i show them an example of my red the amount of variations it could be would be hundreds of them so the color code is a specific number that when you put that in so if i could be on canva designing something i have my color codes in canva so every time i'm doing a background i can automatically say use my style use my style guide so my color code for example is ac2 b37 now, I never remember that number. I don't like know a, why. <laughs> it sounds like a robot from Star Wars, but uh, but no, that, that's, a, that's a really, really important thing, right, is to get those color codes and that kind of brand consistency. Because if you're just trying to eyeball it, and I think, you know, I don't know if anybody in the audience has ever tried to do that. You know, as time goes on, you're going to lose a little bit of that brand, that brand consistency. So you want to make sure you're using the color codes every time you create a graphic for your practice or like you talked about talking to a printer, uh, your website designer, you want that consistency of your brand because if it's one shade or two shades off, it's going to look really, really bad. Well, it's, it's when you first, if you're just looking at something that's being created, you might notice that it's a different, slightly different color. But when you have multiple things done and they're all sitting there together, 
that's when you actually start to notice, oh, okay, there's a bit of inconsistency. Because especially a red, when we first picked the colour, it was named Barcelona Red. But if you then said to a printer Barcelona Red, then all of a sudden there were these different variations of what they thought Barcelona Red was. And if you add just the wrong colour a little bit, that red turns into a pink. And that wasn't the colour that I wanted. Or if it was, if they went the other way, all of a sudden it'd go, for, it'd go to like a fire engine red, which is also not what I want. It was more of like a, a blood red. So when I used to try and describe it, it used to be really difficult. When I eventually said, okay, I'm going to see a, a graphic designer, tell them what I wanted. Once I got that style guide down, done, every time I did a new logo for something, so whether it was the, you know, the Podiatry Legends podcast, whether it was the Podiatry Business Owners Club, every one of those logos, people see there's usually the same red color, but I use a gray color as well in a lot of a lot of my artwork. If I'm doing a, a webinar, if I'm doing a live presentation, all my slides have that gray color and that red color is in, in everything. It always turns up in everything that I do. And I try to also in my Instagram account, every now and then you'll see that odd, that same color will just pop up on different posts to sort of just give a bit of uniformity on what you're posting. Yes, that consistency of your branding, right? You're not you're not jumping around between a bunch of different colors. People know that the Podiatry Legends podcast and your Podiatry Spartans group, uh, you know, in any kind of thing you do online, it's going to be this red, white, and gray. So it makes people it makes people feel familiar, and they don't feel startled to be like, you know, why is he doing something in orange or why is he doing something <laughs> in green? Is I, I do a similar thing with Podiatry Growth, right? It's kind yeah. of this. Uh, darker blue uh, color and you know I'll have some black and some white and maybe some grays thrown in there but I'm not I'm not going to orange I'm not going to you know fluorescent green with it it's going to be this consistency in the coloring and then that just leads to consistency in the thoughts of the people that are looking at your brand and your your different types of whether it be your website or other places they get familiar with you and they get familiar with color get familiar with your your logo uh, and your business name so yeah and it's no different to podiatry marketing that, that green color that we use is basically anytime we're doing anything, that same color is going to basically appear. Yeah, it sure is. <laughs> <laughs> so the other part, the other reason why you would use a, a graphic designer would be is looking at your logo in a different perspective. So sometimes you'll have your logo done horizontally, lengthways, or you might have your logo stacked. So when I've, whenever I had a logo done, the graphic designer will give me, this is what your logo looks like horizontal, this is what it looks like when it's stacked together. But also, because social media is so important, you want your logo to fit in a square and also fit into a circle. So I've seen some logos where they're very horizontal. So when they put that into a square, a square box or a, uh, a round circle, I can tell they don't have a graphic uh, designer helping them out because it's just their horizontal logo stuck in a in a square or a round thing and it's really hard to read it's never been designed in a in a vertical sort of format as well which then fits well in a square and also in a circle yeah i think that's a great point it's uh you kind of have to have that balance between it looks good as a square and it also looks good as something yeah. you know a little bit longer uh whether it be text or an image of something i think a good example is there in your background your uh, podiatry legends podcast yeah. you know square uh, it's going to look good as your icon on uh, Instagram. It's going to look good on LinkedIn. It's going to look good in other places where you're confined by the constraints of these different websites. And you know there are some opportunities to have something longer, whether it be like the the cover image of your uh, your YouTube or the cover image of your LinkedIn. But then there's other other times when you really need to have something smaller. 
but still recognizable. And you know, working with a graphic designer can be a great way of making that happen. Yeah, and that's the other part. You've got to look, what does your logo look like when it's large? And sometimes people will design a logo and it's really fancy and intricate and it looks beautiful. But when they shrink it down, because you might be you might be sponsoring a, a sports team or an event and they've got 15 sponsors on the back of a brochure or you know, on the back of a T-shirt and you see these sometimes really colourful logos, when they're shrunk down, you're like, what? Is, I can't, you can't read it. Or they might be, say, cutting costs that everything is being printed in black and white. So what does your logo look like f- taking it from the colours to then making it black and white? So no difference to the Podiatry Legends podcast logo. I have versions of it in uh, white and grey, the grey colour that is my grey, but I also have black and white versions and white and black versions, depending on where I was potentially going to be using it over time. This is where a graphic artist should be packaging this all together for you in this particular style guide. I like that because the uh, when we talk about the sponsorships for advertising, right? If you only have a, a horizontal logo, it's really long, but whoever's putting together that that document or that website or wherever you're gonna have that that logo of yours on there, if you don't give them some options, you might be unpleasantly surprised when they oh, yeah. shrink your shrink your horizontal logo down to something that's completely you know illegible versus if you'd had a square logo uh, with you know it would it'd be a bigger size. I know that I've resize logos and try to keep things equal, but it's always those really long horizontal uh, logos that make it a little bit difficult because you don't want to give more visibility to someone just because they they couldn't turn it into a square uh, if everyone else has a logo that fits in that way. So it is one of these things where be aware, if you, if you don't make your logo into some type of square or work with the graphic designer, do so, you might, you know, be unhappy, you know, might be unhappy with the way other people use your logo um, if you don't get kind of final say or uh, an opportunity to kind of uh, revise some of the documentation or revise some of the uh, print advertising or sponsorships that you're uh, being involved with. Yeah, well, I've seen some logos where they've got multiple colors, like five different colors. looks fantastic in color. And, and they weren't podiatry clinics, it was a different business. But when it was shrunk down, the five different colors were then all of a sudden, uh, and it was in black and white. And the, whole, the logo looked awful. It looked like a peacock instead of what it was actually supposed to be. But it's also important too, like yourself, you do websites for people. So you're, if you're getting your website done by someone who is a professional, if you can hand them a style guide and say, here is my style guide, give it to them an electronic version, they are going to be very happy with you because straight away, you know what uh, their color codes are, you know what fonts they're using. So you can use that to actually design a more professional looking Website, then go. Okay, so what's your business name? Oh, you don't have a logo. Okay, and then just trying to trying to make something up, and then it looks completely different to everything else that they've got actually in their clinic. And you're nodding your head. So this no, has but, happened to you, hasn't it? <laughs> no, I mean like, you know, if someone has a you know a horrible logo or it's been it's twenty years old, yeah. and they're like, oh yeah, just do my website, and they have a bad logo, it or they don't have a they don't have fonts, they don't have a color scheme that is you know really kind of portrays. Uh, professionalism or helps build trust online it's, it's almost it's almost kind of a deal breaker from my perspective whether it's a good fit for me to work with someone or not because it becomes the point where it's it's a real hindrance to the practice and to the brand of that clinic so mm. you know getting the style guide you know i always try to work with it if someone doesn't have a logo i don't i'm not a logo designer right so and you probably shouldn't let 
you know, chat GPT or these AI image generators right. do a logo for you. You should talk to, you know, I know that I work with professional graphic designers to make that square and horizontal logo because you're going to need it for, uh, and, and the, you know, the fonts and all those kind of things. When those things are in place, it makes building a website or an online presence just much, much easier. And, you know, when you, so it's really, really important for people. Uh, one of the first steps into building kind of a better online presence is that logo color guide style guide, like you're saying, to make sure that you have those building blocks in place to make the website go even faster, to make sure that it's getting out there um, and, and building kind of a professional, trustworthy brand. Yeah, and, and I've seen people where, well, my graphic uh, designer, I, she's probably done oh, about 14 different podiatrists that I know that I've referred to her, and I get a very nice Christmas card each year. I should be on commission, which would be even better, but I'm not. <laughs> and and like she, every time she gets someone, she goes, yeah, thank you for sending them. Well, when I look at what they had, they needed help. They really need to put something together because sometimes someone might have designed something on Canva themselves and when they've designed it and then every time they go to give it to someone, they're doing a copy of a copy and then the the quality, the, it starts getting pixelated when it's too big. So it's, I don't know, it's so important. And the other part, the graphic designer will give it to you, will give you a logo and everything in different formats. So a printer, for example, might say, oh, can you give us an EPS copy of your logo? You're sitting there going, well, it's an EPS copy, or, or they want a PDF copy. But if you've only got a, a JPEG and you give it to them, they go, oh, no, it's, it's, the, it's the, um, the file size is not big enough. Can you give me a bigger file size? And then all of a sudden you, you tr start trying to create another one, and it looks different to the first one that you had. So, and this is where things start looking unprofessional. And I know printers, sign writers, uh, people doing websites, if you can give them a style guide, there's going to be less arguments in the end. You're going to be happier, they're going to be happier, and there'll be less errors as you're going through the process. And in the end, having a style guide makes everything else cheaper when you're actually putting it together. Coming back to that uh, file format thing, like like you said, they're going to give you a folder with you know five or six different things or different sizes. But those file format and the kind of the format of the um, whether it be a PNG or an SVG, it, you know, kind of getting a little bit more technical. Some some image files they don't scale well. They don't, you know, you can't go yeah. from a small little thing to a huge thing. Like I said, it gets pixelated, it gets weird looking. But if you have things like an SVG file and other files, that they, they have this kind of unlimited ability to to kind of scale or go up and down in size. And with, so if you're doing something that needs to be really big, having these uh, this SVG and these different types of scalable files uh, formats can be really really helpful. Uh, so you just need to keep, it's, it's like one of those things where you just keep it kind of in your Dropbox or on your computer or somewhere where you just kind of go back to that time and time again and you don't change it, you don't change colors, you don't do anything, you just leave that alone. And when, you know, the printer or the website person that's going to do some work or maybe it's your person that's doing social media, you kind of have that treasure trove of logos to kind of pull from in the future because uh, it really kind of saves you a lot of time. Yeah, and it's no different if you were getting a business card done or you're getting letterhead or you're getting a brochure done the graphic designer can just they can show the printer this is how it needs to be set up and that will be part part of your style guide it'll have all the dimensions on where it should be the bleed all this other information and i can spot a podiatry clinic that has a graphic designer and a podiatry clinic that doesn't it's it's it is so obvious you just go and look through some of their information and straight away you can go if i can pick that then sometimes, I think sometimes when patients are looking at your information, whether it's online or offline, it could be a brochure, 
sometimes they don't know why they don't particularly like you. And, and it could be there's something about the, your, your marketing with your fonts and your colors that just doesn't make them feel comfortable. And you'd never see, I'll tell you, no, there's no big company in the world that would not have graphic designers and probably a bucket load of them that are working in the background, making sure everything is always on point. And that's why franchises do well, because a franchise will have this all done for the person. Yeah, the consistency is hugely important to, to build trust long-term. Yeah, so. and just a couple other things. One, it's always important to note who owns the artwork. So my graphic designer, when they give it to me, I sign something that says it's mine and they sign it to say it's mine. If you go to a printer, for example, and get a business card printed or they do a brochure for you, most people don't realize you do not own the artwork. You paid to have it done, but you don't own it. And a lot of people think they do own the artwork. So whenever, if you're working with a printer to do something, just remember, get them to, ask them to sign over the, get them to sign something to make sure that you have ownership of that artwork. Because if you then take that artwork and give it to a different printer and get them to reproduce it, they can actually um, sue you. <laughs> now, not that, yeah, that, not that people would do that. I don't think people would do that, but it depends where your company is now or where your business is now to what it becomes. And if they did, if, if a printer did all this work for you and then you decided to go to a different printer and they did ten, twenty thousand $20,000 worth of work for you in the, over the next couple of years and they're looking and going, that was all the artwork that we designed for them, then there could be repercussions. And the other final point I want to make is you get what you pay for. So there's a huge difference between a professional graphic designer and someone on Fiverr. So if anyone here is using Fiverr at the moment, you will get what you pay for. And I remember going back so many years ago when I was designing a logo for something and I had someone on Fiverr do it for me. And after they did it, I said, oh, so can you give it to me in this format? Oh, yeah, there'll be an extra. Oh, okay. Can I get this? That'll be an extra. Can you give me That'll be an extra. So by the time they were telling me what all the extras were, it was actually starting to add up. And I went, you know what? Stick it in your bum. I'm going to find a... And that's how I found uh, my graphic design in the first place. No, I think that's a great point. I think... What happens sometimes when you're working, you, know, you see the fiber, it's like, oh, it's 50 bucks or it's 75 bucks. And like you said, it's going to be these kind of add-ons that are just going to kind of make, you know, you're kind of going to someone for graphic design for their professionalism, yeah. for their expertise, and also to save you a significant amount of time because, you know, you're a podiatrist, right? You don't, you know, obviously you have some business skills and those things, but it's not something where, you know, you went to art school and you know how to design these things. So if you're going to have to be on top of somebody, uh, you know, multiple revision. I mean, there's, those revisions are part of the process of developing a logo just to make sure you're oh, yeah. uh, creating a brand that you like. But if you're getting, you know, extra charge, it's taking a lot more time. How do you source, sourcing somebody uh, on some of these Fiverr platforms, uh, you know, these kind of freelancer platforms can be quite difficult. So, you know, you're better off developing kind of a long-term relationship with a graphic designer who knows your brand, who knows your clinic, and then it could kind of help you evolve your brand over time as opposed to just these kind of one-off people that are more, more like a, you know, a gun for hire who will kind of <laughs> do everything in their scope. But if it goes out of scope or a couple more steps, they're not going to be willing to help you out until you start paying up. So it is, in my mind as well, it is worth working and you know, developing a solid working relationship uh, with a professional graphic designer. Yeah, well, when I worked with my graphic designer, we had the first meeting, sort of gave them an idea of what I wanted. They then sent me some information and said, uh, you yeah, know, think about fonts and, and some things to think about. Then they said, go and look at some logos 
inside and outside of podiatry, what, what do you like about them and what don't you like? So I compiled all this information, gave it to them, then they came back to me with like an outline of some ideas to, to look at. And I looked through all those, I like that, don't like that, like that, don't like that, went through them all, gave it back. So it was a process, we went back three or four times before I finally ticked and said, yes, that's what I like. But the longer I've worked with her, the easier it's become because she now knows me. We've been working together, wow, be over 10 years. So, so now when I want something done, I can just bang, send her an email, hey, I want to get this done. And I give her a few ideas, comes back to something so fast and it ends up not being that expensive once they know who you are, what you like, what you don't like and what it is you're trying to do with this uh, uh, new sort of graphic information or how you're going to actually use it. Yeah, developing that long-term relationship and that rapport between you two that just takes a little bit of time to develop. It might be a little bit, it's going to be a little bit more expensive than these kind of one-off Fiverr uh, graphic designers, but in the long term, it's it's well worth it, like you said, just kind of developing that uh, relationship over time really, can really um, provide benefits beyond, you know, the money you're paying. Yeah, and it's funny, yeah, podiatrists want a patient to pay five, six, seven hundred dollars for a pair of orthotics, <laughs> but then they, they complain that, oh, I don't want to pay anyone more than $50 to do a logo for me. You go, seriously. You, you, like I said, you get what you pay for, no different to a patient going down to a, a, a chemist shop and buying a pair of uh, art supports off the shelf. If you heard pay, all your patients are doing that, you'd be going, no, you should see a professional. And it's no different to having a website done. You can do it yourself. You can have your 14-year-old son do it for you. And like I always warn people, even ugly babies look good to their parents. So... <laughs> If you're designing everything yourself or you've got your son designing it for you and you go, oh, it looks so good, it may not look as good to everybody else. So just be really, really aware of that. That's a good point. I think getting a second opinion and talking to professional is, is the way to go when it comes to graphic design. Yeah, and family and friends will always tell you baby looks good no matter how hideous it looks. <laughs> fortunately, my, my fortunately, aunt's up. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> no, I said like uh, family members all the first always the first to like and like give you a lot of compliments no matter what you're doing in life. So sometimes you need some uh, a sobering truth about how things are going and what things actually look like. And uh, getting that, you know, working with professional will give you that. Yeah, except my mum. My mum's brutally honest. <laughs> yeah, so it's good and bad, I guess. <laughs> just brutally honest. And sometimes you go, oh, geez, mum, sometimes I wish you'd just lie and make me feel better. Why would I do that? <laughs> Don't know. <laughs> but sometimes it's... Like I said, you you need to have people externally looking at some of the things that you're doing. So just to remind everyone, you get what you pay for. If you're providing a professional service to your patients, then use professional services to get stuff done. That's that, that's the bottom line of it all. So I think we've just about covered this. All right, Tyson. Well, that's been a great deep dive into style guides. I'm a little disappointed it's not about fashion and what's going on in Paris and Milan and uh, all those fashion capitals in the world. But uh, I think the podiatrists who listened today definitely got a lot of uh, quality information about why, you know, considering a graphic designer to, you know, really kind of overhaul the brand of their, their clinic can be really beneficial. So, so thanks for that today. Yeah. And anyone listening to this, like I said, I hope you're having a, you had a fantastic New Year's Eve. You've got a great couple of days off still before you go back to work and put this down as a priority to get done in 2024 is work on your style guide or your corporate guideline and yeah just take that action step so i will talk to you again next week jim sounds great tyson okay bye bye now 
Thanks for listening to Podiatry Marketing with Tyson Franklin and Jim McDonald. Subscribe and learn more at Podiatry Marketing. That's the website address, podiatry.marketing.